Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick, and I am here to confirm that, yes, it is, in fact, hot in Texas. This is Brent, and I hashtag can't breathe. And this is Kyle. I might actually, I'm actually going camping this weekend. And I'm Nick, and yes, it's hot and, oh, shit. Shoot. Sorry. At what point in reading and I'm Nick did you realize you fucked up? <laughs> We're keeping Easy, no, this is children's sure. programming. This is golden. That one viewer of myself is yeah. wow. Yeah, the Nick all right, so Nick, yeah. We were like, oh Nick, Nickel started off with like a seductive voice and just throw it, you know, just threw Brett right off. Right, well, uh, you're having your Ron Burgundy moment. You're not supposed I just to read, read what's on the teleprompter. It's on the teleprompter. <laughs> I'm reading it. And this is If I May, episode 14. Let's go. Okay. Uh, let's start. All right. So today, when you're listening to this, is the Browns-Eagles <laughs> game. Let's hit up some predictions. What, what are we thinking? The game of the week. Game of the Super week. Super Bowl champions versus 0-16. The match. The showdown. Anything can happen. And it's still preseason. Yeah, but literally anything could happen. <laughs> I, I, it's the Browns. It's you gotta get Browns. on the hype train. Baker Mayfield, Josh Gordon might play. Probably not, but who knows? Uh I and the Eagles six doobies between now and the game. Now that man is clean now and he's a top ten talent. Sleep on Josh. Have you guys been watching the uh the HBO uh what's it called? Um, I can't think Hard of what it's called. Hard Knocks, yeah. Have you guys saw that at all for the Browns? I don't watch the Browns. <laughs> okay. Except for this Thursday because it's Browns versus Eagles. Top game of the week. Probably not going to watch it. By the NFL? But I hope the I Browns mean, you're, win. You're pretty hard here. <laughs> yeah, right? I, we know next year to tell me I, the tackling rule is a good idea and Goodell's a good Oh, my God. That was terrible this weekend. So yeah, this last weekend we went to the Brown the Broncos Bears game. Almost watched the Bears lose, but oh, there was at least four or five tackles where it's like that was fine, like both ways. Like you had people in the stands freaking out in both directions. Like the Bears would do a quote unquote illegal tackle, and the entire stands would be like booing because like just from the call, it it, it was pretty ridiculous. So I got I got two things on that. First, if anyone really. Like first, it's preseason, so there's really there's ironing things out, and it's not as bad as when there were those replacement refs. Yeah, and that, is, that is call a game in, in general. Yeah, because well, Packers. Yeah, Packers got screwed hard by those uh, replacement refs. But that did break the strike. And uh, secondly, I had seen from the footage that you had Broncos gear on. I remember I you saying that. I'm not a Broncos fan. I'm not a bandwagon. But no, yet you've I did been not say that. A month and you bought a T-shirt. <laughs> not at all what I said. Somebody, somebody's jumping. No, that's not at all what I said. I said I, I can totally be a Broncos fan because they're not in the same thing as their division as the Packers. Oh, nobody should be a Broncos fan. What? Against everything, yeah. Dude, it's mile high. Dude, they they pump up the mile high thing a lot in that stadium. They're like. Mile high, can you breathe? Like, they go all out with that whole, like, <laughs> mile high thing. Like, no joke. And then, like, oh, the coolest thing. They actually had they had a parachute, like, team. Room service is here. Oh, 
okay, Nick is getting room service because he's in Texas and he's in a hotel. That will be another. We'll get we'll get to that. But there was uh, some. I don't want to go into this now with Nick not listening. Uh, we'll go into this other thing with the Thursday with the color blast thing. What's it called? Where they like all wear the like the super bright uniforms. Oh yeah, that's horrible. What's that called? Are they still doing I think that? It's, I think it's color. So I, from what I've heard, they are still doing it. But then they have this rule where you can do alternate uniforms three games a year or something like that that you pick. So I bet teams will just say mm, color blast. Let's blast that one away. Because wasn't that just Thursdays that they did the color blast yeah, stuff? Yeah, Thursdays. Um, the best was, moment was when there was a red and green team going. Oh, God. The entire colorblind <laughs> audience could not see or tell the difference between either of the teams. The, the first year they did that, they paired up the Broncos against, uh, I forgot what the other team was, but the Broncos like pure like blaze orange, basically. And the other team was like a really harsh, another color. And it was just like, I can't look at the TV screen. Oh, God. But don't the Packers go with um like white? I feel like their color blast is really. I think they go all yellow, bland. yellow or blue, or like that dark navy old old school blue. Uh, look that up. I don't know. We'll the old school, we'll have... the vintage one is a totally different thing. The yeah, blue, I almost I wish, like the blue because if you go to the Packers like website, they have like their uniforms throughout the ages. And go Packers! Uh, this week is their hundredth year as an NFL team. Congrats. But uh, if you go to their website, they have, like, the history of their uniforms. And I feel like they always go with that, like, navy dark blue one with the yellow dots. It's like, I feel like they should switch it up and go with the other ones. Because they have other ones in their uniform lineup. Like, they have some stripedy ones that look kind of cool. It's like, I wish they'd switch it up every once in a while. I think it's it looks like their color rush. It looks like their color rush is just pure white. Which is, like, the opposite of what a color rush should be. It's Right? You should get some color in there. Yeah. Oh, it looks I like nope. They uh, have done pure yellow. If you, if you if you Google Packers color rush, they do have pure yellow. Concept on that one. That looks kind of crazy. So it's Packers color rush concept, and I think that looks good. I mean, Jordy Nelson is is. A... Oh, that's just a concept. That's not an actual one. That looks better than like... what they have. That's for sure. That looks pretty cool. Uh, but Nick, you officially back now? No. Oh, wait, wait. We got our oh. predictions for Browns Eagles. Okay. Browns Eagles. Off topic. So my prediction is Browns. Go Browns. I also do for the Browns um, in the fact that you know when the Lions went 0 16, they went 4 0 in preseason. So obviously, this is their league. Preseason right now is their season. <laughs> this They're going to be going all out for it. So. Um, if they're going to win that preseason championship, you know, this is a must win for the Browns. I think you're going to put some hard knocks on those Eagles. Nick, do you have a prediction? Wow. I can't handle Brent's hard knocks comment or pun or whatever you want. I won't even call it a pun. I'll call it a comment. I'll, I'll take um, that. All right. Browns versus Eagles. It is the third preseason game. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, the Eagles are going to come out and absolutely pound the Browns for the first quarter. And then after that, uh, the Eagles will pack it up, say, yep, we're ready for the season, sit down the starters, and the Browns will continue to play Mayfield past the first half, I will bet. And in that time frame, they will make a little bit of a run, but it won't matter. Eagles win. 
Oh, so okay. that's my prediction. And well, the thing uh, is that Nick Foles isn't playing, is he? I think Nick Foles has been injured. That's that's their big second stringer. Ball champion, but that, their backup isn't going to be Nick Foles. So I put the Eagles back a little, a little bit. Yeah, and I don't concerned. know if Carson Wentz is playing either. Coming off injury, Still not so. concerned. Okay, but, so. Uh, Oh, go with ahead, that, uh, my my interruption there. Sorry, boys. I had to order my room service. Uh, there are no parents here, and for the first time, I'm a real man, and I ordered room service. Um, no, that's fine. I, I wanted to order room service because I'm texting <laughs> podcast. The option of going out to some bars this, this evening, or I could hang out with you fine fellows and share my life experience with the podcast. So, um, we're all the special treat this evening is a uh, little room service. <laughs> I'm uh, living large, and uh, it's it's quite fantastic. Nice. You are in Texas, and as they say, everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah, well, that's a good question. Is everything bigger in Texas? No, it's just hotter. It's just, it's just really hot. Well, where's the saying I mean, come the from? The average temperature has probably been 103. Oh, uh, God. Where does the saying come from? Um, I I'm sure back in the day, everything was bigger in Texas. I, there's oh, Texas a lot of space. It's a really big state. Um, yeah, I was comparing and saying, like, driving north-south through, through Wisconsin, you know, the longest it would take you is, what, five, six hours ballparking. Uh, and that's assuming you're on highways for all of it, you know, taking the fastest route possible. I'd imagine, you know, worst case scenario, a tip to tip or something, you know, seven hours, eight hours at most. Um and that would be, you know, really trying to stretch out you know, the farthest points you could pick. But, um, you know, I was saying comparably in Texas, um, you know, I was, I was just asking that kind of question, you know, what, how long would it take you to get across the state? And yeah, two and three times the amount of time to, to get to major cities even. So um, it is a much bigger state. It is a larger state. Not everything in Texas is is bigger. I mean, the city, the buildings are the same size as Minneapolis, if not a little smaller, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's nothing special. A Diet Coke is still, you know, Diet Coke. It's 20 fluid ounces coming out of the vending machine. It's not like, oh, Texas size. It's 22 fluid ounces, <laughs> you know, coming out of the machine. It's it. No, it's 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 all the same stuff. I mean, it, you know, cool I saying the cheesy yeah. logos for marketing, but. I wonder with that though, if Texas was one of those things where it was like they did twenty ounces first, and now the rest of the U.S. is like, we're going to be big too. Like, let's have let Texas have all the fun, and now it's standard where we've kind of fallen into Texas standard more so than else. Anyhow, fluid ounces lost. Awesome. Right, a couple other, I, I want to jump back to a couple other insights about the. Uh, uh, Broncos Bronze stadium. Uh, I guess oh. number one. So the opening show thing or whatever, like the start, you know, how like sometimes all the jet fly over or whatever they had parachuters come in and dive bomb into the stadium on parachutes. It was actually pretty legit. Like they, they came in so hot and then they landed at like the 50 yard line. Cause this stadium, like it's, I don't know what the capacity is, but it definitely is bigger than Lambo. And, uh, yeah, these parachuters, they were circling around. They did like a mini, little mini show. And then one at a time, they like just dove bomb into the stadium and landed on like the 50-yard line or whatever. 
Like that was pretty legit and scary. I wonder how many, like, how do you rehearse that? I guess you go find a, like a high school field that doesn't have a huge stadium around it and then try it there first. But yeah, they came in hot. Uh, the other thing is like literally everything was done like re- kind of ridiculously big, if that makes any sense. Like the Green Bay Packers, they do it right and they get everybody pumped. But I feel like the Bronco Stadium, they like did everything bigger. Like they had a massive like American flag covering the entire field. They had, I don't know, 22 cheerleaders because they had one in like every 10-yard line plus the goal lines and then on each side. So they had just like a ton of cheerleaders. And then, uh, yeah, it was lots of, a lot bigger. They were a lot weaker at the wave. The wave was pretty weak, I will admit. (laughs) If if I may, Kyle, uh, the Packers don't have cheerleaders. They just rope into local colleges and high schools and have those girls do it. And um, that would, it was a major aspect that's lacking with the Packers. But in the defense of the Packers, um, the not too many lack. beautiful, not too many beautiful women want to stand around and, you know, average 32 degree weather for the, <laughs> yeah, right. end of the season. So I, I don't blame them, but those are the real the same women. Time, you, you've got these local girls who are probably very excited to be on the field and be a part of it, which is, you know, nice for the community, but um, yeah, you've got these little girls out there just <laughs> freezing their butts off for Packer games. And I mean, nice that they'll do it again. Good for the community, but uh, the Packers don't have cheerleaders. Don't worry. We've got a really great underline though. If you're a band person, I was wondering if, because there are so many, if they're going through cuts too, like for the preseason, you know, like the, the team's going through cuts for the preseason, they hire a new people and then cut them. I wonder if the cheerleaders are like the same kind of thing where they're like, Oh yeah, we'll we'll pull in five rookie cheerleaders, and uh, we got to cut four people by the end of the season because we lost Jessica last year. So now we need one more, oh, okay. but we'll pull in five, and we'll just make her cuts. Oh, Jessica I never could get her kicks right. I, I couldn't yeah. that made the team. <laughs> when they get into the the, the whatever the the can can line, yep, she just couldn't get that right leg as high as everybody else. I know it, um, but oh, they this they is did too much. Have, so. Too much. They did have a show for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders uh, that touched on uh, the year and, you know, the tryouts and the competition and how fierce it was because they're allegedly the the best cheerleaders in the league or whatever. But um, that show would tell you if they have more in the preseason or if they do practice to that extent. My first inclination is that that's not the case, but maybe other programs do it differently or whatever. But so uh, yeah, I know there there was a show for the Dallas cheerleaders. to, to get back to everything seems bigger in the Broncos, I would have to disagree um, in that do the Broncos have a promotion offering fear, free beer? Because the Browns do. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That is a big time promotion. Right <laughs> yeah, all over the Cleveland, they have uh, refrigerators in bars that the first regular season win from the Browns, they'll automatically open up and then uh, there's free beer for everybody in the bar at that time. Can you imagine being the person that like controls the button that unlocks right? these fridges? Apparently, it's just like all that power of I can make so many people happy. Right? Oh, they're gonna they, they win. Just, yeah, they win, and you're sitting over the button just waiting. Like give them they give them three you minutes. Have, like, Meanwhile, the big button ready to push it. Yeah, I imagine yep. it's a big red button because yep. that's oh yeah, that's, it's it's got to be no, it's a big Budweiser button or something like whatever. I think it's Budweiser that's doing it. And yeah, there's everybody in the bars just like standing by the fridge, like shaking it, just waiting for it to open. You're just like, oh, uh, okay, now you can have your free beer. At the same time, that's got to be, it's got to be a system. It's going to be chaos. 
Right? It's got to be like behind. I don't, I haven't, obviously, I haven't seen one. It's got to be like behind the bar counters or something where like the moment it wins and they start handing them out or something. You know, it'd be hilarious and totally backfire for Budweiser is that these things open up and absolutely nobody grabs one because they're like, (laughs) this is just not good to drink. Like, no, thank you. It's cool, Bud. Like, yeah. What kind of, what kind of football fans do you think are, are out there? that's a good world do you live in (laughs) if there's free beer i think it'd be a hilarious thing though if it's just like everyone's celebrating and nobody grabs a beer because it's like my favorite kind of beer is free my second favorite kind of beer is cold yeah yeah Yeah. oh so okay yeah two other things so with the stadium number one if you ever go to that stadium make sure you buy tickets in the low like if you're in the upper deck because we just went to the upper deck because we want cheap tickets like didn't really care, but we picked the wrong side of the stadium because we just got blasted by sun like for the first half of the game. So if you go to that stadium, make sure you grab one of the seats in the low 500 sections on that side because then you won't get blasted by the sun nearly as much. Um, NFL games are just insanely expensive, though. Right, like you almost can only afford to go. It, was, to it wasn't too bad game. with we. So no sponsor, but uh, Seat Geek. I went through them. And uh, I used a promo code uh, that got me like 20 bucks off. So I ended up going, my wife and I together were a hundred bucks total. So I th- that was a pretty good deal, I thought. But the other thing is because we were up so high, uh, the the poor like guys carrying the beers and stuff, like they come up to the top and you like feel obligated to buy a beer because like, dude, you just like hauled that thing all the way up here. And like everybody was like hoofing it. It, it was a good... I don't know. Uh, we were row twenty-seven, which started at like the stairs was row one, and they were like vertical steps, and it was like three or four steps in between each row because it was that vertical. So by the time they got up to us, and we were like probably two thirds of the way up, they they were like hoofing it hard. Like you could tell they were breathing good. So it's like whenever those guys brought up, came up there, you almost felt obligated to have some somebody's got to buy a beer right now because they if, walked all the way up I here. May. If I may, uh, I, I'm imagining, at least based on your description, the uh, the guy in the Price is Right climbs the mountain and they play the yodeling music in the background. Yes. <laughs> imagining the guy holding the beer as that music plays in the background. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really tempted. I didn't do it because I'm like, I'm not that big of a dick. But I thought it'd be hilarious. If on the way back down, be like, oh, wait, sir, 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 I'll take a beer <laughs> and walk right back up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't do it though. I was like, no. Uh, the thing too is, is they're over a mile high. Like, if the stadium is a mile high, the field, you're you're at least over a mile. High. Yeah, so that's it's one it, altitude. Um, did you find that the the fans were hardier? Like, their training was better because they had better lung capacity from being or possibly. Oh, like- at the beginning of the game, like before the game started, you know how if the, the home crowd gets too loud and they can cause a delay a game and like cause a penalty against the home team. They literally stated at the beginning of the game, if you guys are able to do that, you all win something for free. Oh, did you do it? I mean, I tried there. there it, it wasn't a full stadium, but I was like, that's, that was hilarious where it's like, if the fans cause the delay of game, then you guys all win something for free. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes, please. Yeah, it was great. But they do a thing where like they'll they'll you stomp your feet a lot whenever you want something good to happen, like third down, you know, you're stomping your feet. 
Um, they did an incomplete thing. Like, the past, the blah, blah, blah was, and then everybody would say, incomplete. So I was like, okay, that's cute. Get the, get the audience engaged. But, yeah, it was kind of a good time. Oh, uh, we kind of skipped over it. Zarabus News. Brent, you want to hit up some Zarabus News quick? Yeah, so it was a little bit later. A lot of things going on um, this past weekend and, and weekly time of life. But This Week in Nature is finally up. Um, pretty good episode. We talk about Play-Doh birds at some point. Or no, Play-Doh bugs. Play-Doh birds, being used which, for bugs and birds. Something, something like that. that. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, it's a blast. Um, and then... I think you just posted a, another video as well uh, today as well. So a little bit behind uh, schedule compared to normal, but uh, yes, yeah, promoted today. We're we're getting there though. We're 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 back on track. So yeah, no worries about that. Um, another thing too is we are willing to sponsor you if or no, if you're willing to sponsor <laughs> us, we're all about it. You know, we can we can work something out. Just let us know, and and we'll we'll try and work. Whatever else you want to okay. put a shout out somewhere or advertising or we'll we'll do it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you can sponsor us if you want. Otherwise, works. on Anchor, if you feel like donating, you can feel free to do that if you wish. All right, let's get. Otherwise, in. according to Brett, we'll also sponsor you. Yeah, we'll, we'll sponsor, sponsor you. you if for you, you want, we'll by sponsor you. My sponsor, he means we'll shout you out. Uh, most definitely, we will. We will represent you or or whatever cause you would like. Uh, we will share it with everyone on the show and, and do that kind of thing such as like uh, a seat geek. out of his pocket such as like a, a seat geek you know yeah, a seat seat geek. Geek. you can get 20 dollars off with this promo code or 10, we already got whatever, that part whatever down. we just need geek. like you know some something something to make right. it worth our time uh moving on um, all right so nick you're in texas uh why are you in texas i know you kind of explained it last week but what's what's the update i'm allegedly in texas uh Right now, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, okay, for for uh, for training, uh, I start job on on Monday, and as part of that, I have been in Texas to be part of a training group, which been awesome. It's been really it's uh, a lot going on, a lot going on, a lot to absorb. Um, the training on on the details of how I'm supposed to be doing the job as well as uh, figuring out the culture within the organization. It's been, been, it's, it's only two days, but it's been, it's been very, very aggressive, just with trying to learn everything, but also uh, laid back in a sense, which has been nice um, getting coworkers, getting to know the supervisors. Um, I brought some uh, jam from uh, some raspberry jam from the UP that uh, came from my mother's uh, garden. And I tried to transport that in my bag and had a bit of a mishap. Um, oh no! We put it. We put three jars in my bag. And we put them in a plastic, you know, a Ziploc bag within my uh, my checked bag. And uh, we're thinking, okay, if anything happens to the jars or the air pressure or whatever from the flight um, affects the jars, we have them in a plastic bag. We'll be good. Well, apparently, uh, my my bag was jostled rather significantly. And one of the jars did break, uh, most unfortunately. Um, but we, uh, or we, I opened up the bag and, and found out that uh, the jam had gotten through the plastic backup bag and had 
essentially seeped onto two pairs of my pants and three of my shirts. Um, it was in super disaster mode, wondering if I was going to have to ask the hotel to do the laundry for me or find a, a local laundromat or what. Um, I was able to resolve that. Um, but uh, the other two jars did make it. I was able to share those with uh, my supervisor and a coworker. You know, hey, yeah, um, sucking up a little bit. Well, it was, it was something that a prior company of mine did. Anytime anyone visited from a different campus, you'd bring something from the local area. <laughs> Bless Excuse you. me. Bless you. All that brown nosing. But um, no, um, it was it was what it was kind of a cool aspect. We had a Philippine location. Uh, they would come and they'd bring a bunch of dried fruit and a few other things. Uh, the best were the uh, chocolate covered dried mangoes. Were amazing. Philippines would bring us, um, California would bring, uh, I forgot, I didn't ever get anything from California, but I went there and I brought some cheese curds and brought some other Wisconsin type items. So that was kind of a cool thing that I, I liked at, at a prior organization. And as I was starting uh, a new organization, that's something I wanted to bring over. So I was able to give that to my boss and another coworker who does the same thing I'm going to be doing and uh, had to drop it off their desk. So I didn't get a reaction, but I'm sure they'll be excited about it. But um, yeah, I was able to get the pants clean, was able to deliver the gift, um, looking to spend a little time in the city, check out some bars, check out some nightlife. I am only here during the week, so it's not like the weekend uh, I'll be here where it's supposed to be hopping. So kind of, you know, thinking I'm going to temper myself. I don't want to go over the top. My big treat for tonight was the, the room service. Everything's bigger in right Texas now. though. So you might as well go big. Not. But, but okay. Um, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the week, uh, looking to continue connecting with my new coworkers and uh, do that networking type stuff, uh, which has been. Uh, so are these all direct coworkers so that you're going to be working with, or is this just people in the same company? Without diving into a ton of detail, the, the nature of my work is very collaborative in the sense that um, the sales process will touch many different facets of um of a business and i am a specialist for finance and accounting because that's my background um there are other specialists for different areas that i will be exposed to i'm not responsible for that but i know okay kyle works over in this area and tom works over in this area and jeanette is yeah, a really people you, you contacts that you can hit them up if you need something so, kind of thing in that sense, I will work with them. It's just very rarely hand in hand, but I will interact with these people on a regular basis. And it's really helpful to know who to go to if a client is interested in learning more about supply chain management. Jeanette's the one. You know, she was in the training class, or she taught this, or or she runs that team. Having those contacts and knowing who to go to. So. Not directly. Uh, I'm going to be a bit of a, a lone wolf, uh, and it sounds like all the other financials guys are as well. Um, we're separated by locations. Um, I'm going to be in Minneapolis. There's one in Dallas. There's one in Boston. Um, not Dallas, excuse me, Boston. And then there's another in California. Um, and I'm sure there's one or two more uh, that I, I haven't heard about yet. But we have a, a limited number of specialists who are each expected to be able to do the same kind of thing. Um I guess I, I always cut straight to the competition of it. It's I want to be the best at it for a clutch. Like no one ever was moment. Um, yes. Uh, I want to catch <laughs> them all. And, um, but um, I, I want to be that guy where in the clutch moment with a big client, 
get Nick on the line. Um, and it's going to be a while before I can be that guy. Um, but uh, it's, it's a competition, but it's also a collaboration. You know, I, I, I can't be expected to know everything. And I want to, I need to lean on the people who have more experience until I become that guy. Uh, but I, I look forward already to the point in time where I can be that guy and I can be that leader just because that's how I work. But um, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, there's a lot of aspects I could talk about. I don't want to, I don't want to bore you with all the details. And obviously I can't, can't dive into too, too much detail without, um, closing, not, not company secrets by any means, cause I don't even know anything of value yet, but, um, you know, how their business works. I mean, it's, there's a lot of details that I don't know. And I probably shouldn't share if I did know. So, uh, point being, it's all going very well. I'm very excited. I'm in Texas and, uh, New job appears to be going very, very well. Also, it's very hot. And uh, the only other comment uh, was that I've talked to Uber drivers every day, just kind of asking for, okay, where, where's where's the party at? Uh, what do you like? What do you like about Austin? And uh, the vibe I've gotten from Austin, Texas, is that it's it's a lot like Minneapolis. It's a bit of a progressive city. A lot of young people in the area, um, uh, liberal in, in that sense, which in Texas seems against what you would think of um, most of Texas, but, um, it's a, it's a cool city. There's a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of young people. And that's a, a big change in, in the company culture for me going from being, um, the exception where I'm the young guy in, in a room full of people with a, a lot more experience, uh, at least in years, um, to now being a young guy surrounded by other young, driven, hungry professionals, which is, is cool. So, um, nice. that, and I'm, I was told not to eat the food on sixth street. So I'm going to go to sixth street for the beers and party at some point, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I was not told not food. to eat the food there by the Uber drivers. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Good I'll take their word tip. for it. I don't need to be, I don't need to be told that twice, but uh, it's, it's been interesting talking to the Uber drivers and getting their history. Um, a couple of them were out of jobs in the last little bit and supplementing their income and, uh, by, by doing that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, it's it's kind of been fun, you know, getting their story and getting their take on the city and everything's been positive. So shout out to yeah, Uber drivers in general. I feel like those guys, like I, I guess I've only taken a couple Ubers, but they've all seemed like pretty solid guys. And like, just, yeah, like you said, either supplementing income or just, I, I had one guy that it was just, he was retired and he wanted something to do. Otherwise he'd be bored kind of thing. So it seemed pretty cool in general. I will. I will say too on Austin, I've always heard that Austin's kind of like the Madison of Texas, or I guess Madison and Minneapolis are pretty close. It is kind of cool that you got put in a good Texas city and maybe the other ones aren't as great. Brent. That might be. So Nick just talked about his new job training. You're in a job search. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a full circle thing where Nick's starting something new and I'm finishing up my position at the zoo before I release this iteration of that. So if I may, before you jump in, I, I heard job search and I wanted to step back and, and, and share some comments and thoughts on, on the job oh, search. Of course, of course, <laughs> go for it. Surely I'm, I'm doing this because when we were talking about the episode Brent decided to share that when he wrote job searches his, you know, I'm going to discuss this. He had a, a lovely side comment where he simply stated that, Oh, well, Nick here's job searching goes on off on at least like a 20 minute tangent. So uh, <laughs> we're going to start that tangent right about 
No, and uh, well, job searching is a uh, no. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Twenty <laughs> minutes. Later. We'll have ten minutes at the end to fill in the rest of everything. <laughs> Twenty minutes later. No, um, it's it's um one of those things where I've really gotten back into it. There's nice thing about Seattle, especially compared to Madison, is that there are a lot more environmental jobs. I feel like just because one, it's a bigger city, and it's very kind of environmentally forward thinking, liberal type place that there's just a lot of more, there's more opportunities for me, but with that as well, there's also a lot of, a lot more competition um, as well. And I actually just yesterday, well, Monday had an, an interview, which I thought went pretty well, um, though I ran into kind of an interesting phenomenon of you apply for a job that for the most part pays like it's entry level sort of thing. It's, it's more of an entry level job, but you get to the interview and they ask, What's your experience with um, running a like creating a strategic plan, which is something that you might be doing if you were in the field running a nature like a center of your own or a nonprofit of your own, like you know, ten years into the thing. So it's it's um, one of those kind of frustrations I've been having, um, kind of roadblocks of well, all the jobs that I've been able to get previous to this are entry level teaching naturalist positions. And then how do I get that next step experience if the people that everyone's hiring into those positions have already done that or, or whatever it might be. And that's, that's been something I've, I've kind of started struggling with, but at the same time, realizing that really all it takes is that one opportunity, you know, if someone gives me a shot, I know I'm capable of it and I've done enough um, research, education, and I'm passionate enough that what I don't know, I'm going to learn. And, I'm ready for it. It's just like, come on. You know. So all the listeners out there, give Brent a shot. If give you're me in the a Seattle shot. area. Give me a shot. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. I, I know I can do it. And and that's really in my interview. That's That was all I could put forward. It's like, have I, I haven't necessarily had the chance to write a grant for thousands of dollars yet because I haven't really been in a position. Like none of my jobs I've had have required that. But I can do it. I know I can do it. You just got to believe in me. So <laughs> hoping that this one is, I mean, I had, I have one like triple digit grant to my name, but it's not quadruple or quintuple it. And that's, you know, I want those big bucks. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm optimistic. Hopefully I'll get uh, a second interview or at the very least another opportunity is going to open up. It's, it's always a process as, I'm sure no, and um, I'm excited. There's going to be something great, whatever works. So, out. with your position, I guess, what do people in with your degree typically go into? So there's there's kind of two aspects. Um, there, there's sort of three so paths I guess, I've, I've found. Backing up a smidge, what is your official degree slash master so focus I, or whatever? I go into environmental education, and there's sort of a couple of different paths you can take. You can kind of stay. What, what I've been doing currently is is teaching and being on the field as a naturalist um, organizations usually hire more than one naturalist to teach lessons to either school groups or summer camps or whatever that might be. So I've done a, quite a few positions where that's sort of my job um, with the eventual hope of kind of maneuvering into more of a leadership position. Like where a head of one of those supervisor kind of, of those. Yeah, you're the supervisor or you're someone who helps uh, run the programming, the scheduling, uh, a lot more of the administrative side of nonprofit. And that's what I'm kind of looking to get into. Um, 
at this point. And then um, the second path people kind of go into is they they do environmental education for a while. They do that teaching. Um, and then instead of going into the nonprofit path, um, I have heard a lot of instances of people that are like, yeah, I'm going to go for the stability of working in a classroom. And they'll go off and get their teaching license. And then um, I know quite a few people have done that. And that's Because didn't you say that you've done yeah. some subbing stuff too, like as kind of like side gig kind of thing? Yep, I did subbing just to kind of experience what it's like to be in a classroom. Um, but there are there are actually environmental educators that will go off and they'll just become science teachers or something like that because um, the benefits and having that same classroom is something that's really appealing to them. And then the third type um, of thing people do in environmental education is they don't decide to go off and get into a leadership role or they don't stick with the teaching programs, kind of a naturalist position is, or they don't become a teacher is that they just kind of like go off and do a different career and um, find <laughs> that it's really not for them because it's it's not easy to be in the nonprofit sector. Um, a lot more of a, a lot of people want to do it and there's a lot of nonprofit it's doesn't not want to pay easy. too many people. No, it's a it's a difficult life. Um, it's really rewarding once you get into that position. And people that I know that have made it, so like bosses and people I've worked with that are up in those higher positions, like they really they love it and it's a great lifestyle. But getting into that is getting the, to that process is where a lot of people kind of maybe fall off and and go find other avenues or you know stuff like that. Yeah, they're like, man, this maybe isn't for me after all. Um, you know, it takes a lot of patience and you know a little bit of luck, and uh, a, some of it too can be if you have a willingness to move. Um, if you go out to the middle of nowhere, you can get into positions that can help you move back into cities and get those positions that you really want. But you'd have to live in like the middle of Idaho, go yeah, to just- Alaska where there's nobody else, and it's. Alaska is super nice, actually. Uh, Dylan, who was on the guest on the podcast last week, he he uh, lived up in Alaska for a little bit during the summer doing uh, bus driving, actually. He just drove the buses for people coming in for, on cruises, and he drove them to, like, the, the fishing, uh, like, fly fishing events or what, whatever they needed, to, their excursions. He would just drive them to wherever they needed to go. He said he actually had a good, pretty good time. Like he, it was, it was kind of boring for him because he didn't really have too many like friends up there. But he loved the like environment and the camping and whatnot that he could do. It would be a phenomenal to get like a tract of land up in Alaska and just find it. It's probably one of the best pure wildernesses left. Um, so that America, that would be actually really cool. But it, there are lots of difficulties that come with it, based off of what I've seen on National Geographic. I'm sure. Sounds cool though. Cool. I know. uh, One thing I did on Tuesday this week is actually I helped out with talking of nonprofit. I helped out with like a food distribution warehouse kind of thing in uh, uh, Louisville here in Colorado. That was kind of a cool experience. We, We basically sorted food into different categories. So like the donations from grocery stores or uh, food producers or even just people, uh, come in and then you have to be sorted, you know, check expiration dates, make sure the cans aren't too dented you know, or because apparently if the cans get uh, dented too far, the lining on the inside of them is actually damaged. And then that causes uh, the food inside to become spoiled or 
you know, not sealed properly. So that was kind of cool to go through that and sort that. We just did that for like, uh, like two hours or so, but that was kind of cool. But on related news or not related news, but on other news, uh, quick, quick, if I may though, before you hop into that is, um, that's sort of like a really cool thing I've noticed since you've been in, in Colorado working for the branch that you're working at is you guys do seem to do a lot of nonprofit, like giving back to the community um, with this can distribution thing and uh, or food distribution thing. And um, with the, the habitat build, I think that's actually really cool. Yeah. I think our company, they try to do like one event a month or something like that with for volunteers. So it's one of those things where like, as long as it sounds halfway decent, it doesn't chunk out like a huge portion of my time. Like I definitely don't mind doing it or, you know, or if it does chunk out a bigger portion, like the habitat, was like an all day kind of thing, but uh, it was one. It was, you know, it's like building a house. That sounds fun. So like, yeah, I'll I'll go for it. Why not? Plus, it was a Saturday. Didn't have anything else planned that weekend, so might as well help out somebody else. So it's it's been fun. I've definitely enjoyed it. Apparently, uh, the the food company was saying that some companies will actually uh, any volunteer work that the employees do, they'll actually donate basically that person's salary to whatever other uh, institution that that person wishes. So like, for example, uh, helping out with the food pantry or whatever, if I worked the two hours, uh, the company would basically do like two hours of my pay and I could donate that to any non, you know, nonprofit or, you know, whatever that I want. And actually the, the kind of the guy in our company that's in charge of that kind of thing was there and he's like, huh, that's a good idea. So we, we might end up just kind of doing that. So that, that'd be kind of cool if, if uh, my company would start doing that. Cause that's, that's pretty neat thing. But uh, on t- with that volunteering uh, frame, uh, it sounds like I might actually be making a battle bot. So I don't know. I wait, don't, wait, wait, volunteering yeah. in a battle. Isn't battle bots for pleasure? It is 100% for pleasure, but it's also volunteering in this instance. There's a school. So uh, previously, my company has helped sponsor a FIRST Robotics team, which is it's a robotics competition that's all about getting a high school. Uh, eight, I mean, they, they do have younger ones where it goes down to they have the first Lego League where it's elementary school even. But the main FIRST Robotics competition is high school level students building a robot to accomplish a task. There's a different game every single year. You have to kind of figure out how to solve whatever task it is as as efficiently and as good as you can. Uh, last year, it was like uh, lifting milk crates onto teeter-totters, essentially, that were at different levels. And you had to uh, balance the teeter-totter towards your side's color. And at the end, you had to like ha- uh, take at least two of the robots. On, there's always three robots on a team. You have to get at least two of those robots up above line on a certain like elevated so a lot of robots are like lifting themselves up and that kind of thing to try to get above this line, which is like six, it was like a foot high. You had to get your hundred some pound robot up. But anyhow, I found I, a team. I watched a few of those competitions last year. Yeah. And it's actually incredibly entertaining. Um, the stream that they put on uh, on Twitch was very well done, actually pretty professional looking. I consider that with a bunch of engineers probably able to do that kind of Right, but it's it's a really cool program. I it is, really yeah. enjoyed it, and so and they've been, that stream's getting better and better every single year. So just first robotics. I think the competitions typically start 
it's like the first week in January. It's 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 mid, early to mid January, I think, is when the build season starts and they release like the information on what the new game of the year is, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, backtracking, I found a school nearby because uh, previously in the uh, Wisconsin, the company I work for sponsors a team uh, nearby that uh, participates, and so we just I helped with that team, and then. Uh, now I'm going to, I found a school near uh, my new work location that uh, is also doing a team. So I will, uh, I kind of contacted them and they're, apparently they also, in the preseason before the first robotic season starts, they participate in another competition that they build competition bots or battle bots. I think they go into like the 30 pound uh, weight category. So that could be super fun. So I'm uh, starting next Tuesday is when I'm be heading in there and starting to help out uh, get that going. So that should be exciting. I've always wanted to make a battle bot. I mean, it, granted, it's going to be the students' battle bot, and they have to make the decisions and build it and whatnot. But it'll still be satisfying to participate for sure. Yeah, it's going to be epic battle bot. And then, so what would happen? Do you think if you battle and your robot doesn't do very well? Your robot's broken. Are you out? Are you just done? <laughs> yeah. Is your that's what it sounds over, like. So if you, you if you, you can repair it, you can repair it. Otherwise, you're you're just you're toast. Uh, apparently, last year they so this year they're actually entering two robots. Uh, last year they entered one, and apparently uh, they they got matched up with like one of the best robots in the uh, competition right off the bat, and uh, they they like mutually took each other out. So, I mean, they didn't get to keep going, but they also stopped the, like, best battle bot, like the team that typically wins or whatever. They stopped that battle bot from doing well. So they're kind of proud of that. Like, derailed the season. Right. <laughs> it just, yeah, they destroyed each other. I feel like that's the kind of the key with battle bots is you either have to go all-out offense and hope you can break their robot, all-out defense, and hope that your robot can withstand theirs and have their robot break themselves. You just can't, you can't go somewhere in between. Seems like those are kind of your two choices. Well, I think the thing with the high school competition too, is it's a lot of the drivers. Um, how many times do you watch uh, either one of the first competitions or battle bots where the the driver makes some sort of mistake and it's just like, ah, oh, that there it goes. That is huge. Yeah. I know with first robotics, it's, it's always a rush to try to get the bot done just to give the drivers time to play with it and, you know, get get time on the robot because the more time they have and the more experience they have driving the thing around, the better they're going to do. So yeah, a good driver is 90% of the game and then the rest of the 10% is how good your robot is. Obviously, if, a ca- if you have a catastrophic failure, there's nothing the driver can do. But as long as your robot's, you know, functional, then it's mostly a driver and then, it, you know, functional robot after, or, you know, how good your robot is after that. Yeah, no, there's really kind of no smoke and mirrors behind it. It's either you make a better team or a better robot and have a better driver or you don't. Um, and speaking of smoke, um, there's a ton of it in Seattle. Uh, I don't even know. It's There's a lot of wildfires out in the West. And I don't know if Denver is like this or Austin, I guess. Um, but there's just like a haze over the city and it's it's tough to breathe. It's crazy. Like it's legit hard to breathe. Yeah, a little bit. Um, 
there's like a full out warning for pretty much everyone in the city. Like, don't go outside. Adults, really? kids, like side if you can. And when you work outside, it's just uh, got yeah, right. to do? do my job. Huh? Yeah, I know uh, the last couple days have been a little smoky or not smoky, but just foggy here. I think it's because it's just been a little overcast. It's been a little cold in the last couple days. Um, but yeah, it was like raining a little bit on and off today, but I guess I haven't seen any of the fires that, uh, were going on. Apparently Colorado does get fires every once in a while and they have a lot of like fire bans and whatnot for like campers or camping. So I guess I'll let everybody know when I do experience a forest fire and get to see that. Cause I guess that'd be kind of interesting, but also kind of scary where it's like, yeah, you just stay up there away from people and animals, or I guess you can't really stay away from animals, but just don't break too much up there. Fire, I guess. No, we legitimately had yesterday night. There was ash raining on us. Not a lot, but there were little white specks that just kind of fell on our, our skin and clothing. And that was, it's supposedly supposed to clear Wednesday, but it can't come soon enough. It's just been, makes you think like, these must be really big fires if this is kind of the effect that it's having um, over Seattle. Hmm. With okay, so with Seattle, I know a lot of bigger cities. Apparently, Denver has some, although I haven't seen them. They have like these new electric scooter things that you can like check out and then ride around. Do you guys have those by you? I guess uh, Nick, maybe in Austin, they might have some too. Have you guys seen these or know what so, I'm talking about? So in San Diego, um, I heard about them. So they're in San Diego, I guess. But Seattle has a ban on electric scooters. You can't really disappointing because they sound like a blast but then um we do have a lot of bike companies well we had three bike companies that you could rent out either regular bicycles or ones with that kind of electric assist to it okay um i, I tried out the electric assist it does not make you it's not like a moped which was just a pedal oh like you still had to pedal and it just kind of like was a little bit easier to pedal pushed kind of you along a little bit extra um, it was nice on hills but you didn't get quite the top speed because it's still like a, you know. Still a bicycle. Um, fun to try though. Fun to try. But so there was three companies in Seattle and they, the city put some huge fee you have to pay in order to like be able to put all your bikes all across the city now. Well, don't the bikes and have like kiosks and stuff that out. have to be like pre-planned out? I assume so. Yeah, they have like GPSs and you see them everywhere. The bikes are literally just like littered across the city because oh, so they don't have docks. Um, no. So the the way that they charge them, especially for like the electric ones, is they have a program where you can basically you take the, a bike home at the end of the day, like you go take your truck, pick up these bikes, plug them into your house, and then drop them off the next morning, and that's how they get their recharge. And they just pay so people to do that. It's kind of like an Uber for bikes. Yeah, it seems like I can't imagine they make a lot of money off of these things. Right? I guess if you're, like, you're on their way home anyway, you might as well get a couple bucks for grabbing the things. Yeah, yeah. If I had a, a truck, it'd be easier. Or didn't live in an apartment where it's kind of hard to just plug things in. But yeah, right. I thought so, that was kind of an interesting model. So for the uh, initial question, the scooter, um, yes, I've seen them in both cities. Minneapolis has them. Uh, they were just uh, introduced four weeks ago, a month roughly. Um, and they started to pop up 
and uh, you could see people riding around on them. I don't know if the legislation removed them or banned them yet, um, but it was something like a um, dollar to start and then 15 cents a mile uh, for the scooters. And they're okay. green. They are pretty quick and um, they, they look pretty slick. I didn't I didn't ride one. I've not been curious enough. But here in Austin, uh, they have them as well, and they're they're seemingly everywhere, um, especially on um, you know a campus like I work on. Uh, there there are a, a number of them there. Uh, there were you know a couple by the hotel, the park near me. Um, so yes, I've I've seen the scooters. They are uh, pretty nifty, pretty quick. Uh, work seem to work really well. I've never see, heard of an issue or seen an issue with one. Um, but it is interesting as far as regulation is concerned, because um, what do you what do you do? Is it a bicycle? Uh, is it sidewalk safe? Um, in, in Minneapolis, I've seen them, you know, ridden on the streets like they're a bicycle. Well, is, is a helmet required? Um, does it have the necessary uh, reflectors or, you know, a, a turn signal of some kind? Is someone supposed to make a turn signal when they ride it? Um, how does that all work? None of that's been determined. So cities have pushed back in some cases and banned them, um, only for them to be allowed, um, in a couple of weeks or months later based on new regulations. So I've seen them, they're nifty, they're green, um, green and black. And, uh, yeah, it's something like a dollar to start and then 15 cents a mile after that. Very, very affordable, very reasonable. There are, there are no docks for the scooters. Uh, the bikes in Minneapolis definitely have docks, um, so it's, it looks more organized, certainly, whereas these scooters, yeah, can just be left wherever. Um, the concept is really cool, uh, but at the same time, I can't help but think that you're going to end up with um, you know, scooters that are essentially being uh, monopolized by one person. Like, what, What's to stop me, hypothetically, from taking this scooter and making it my own, meaning I park it in my garage I, I charge the $1 uh, to use it in the morning and, and to and from work. And I like take it into my office and put it in a closet or whatever. Um, there's, I mean, they'll make money. I mean, hypothetically, but they're only getting two rides out of it uh, a day, whereas they could get many, many more. Um, well, they, they have the, I'm, it, I'm sure they have GPS on them. So I'm, I, I, I would guess that they could maybe recognize that kind of trend where it's like, huh, this bike has only gone from here to here and back. And that's it for the last two weeks. Um, also, something. if you're relying on the ride, you take it to some really obscure restaurant and you don't have a ride back and someone else at the restaurant comes out and they're like, I've always wanted to try that. Hops on <laughs> it and it's gone and you don't have a ride. Um, you're stuck calling Uber or whatever. That's a good but, point. Uh, that's it, what I did. That's what I did the first time. The one time I rode it was I took a, a one that I was at this restaurant it was just parked out in front. I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride this one. And then whoever must have used it to get to the restaurant was out. <laughs> Brent was there. One guy. thing that gets me with these regulation things, though, is like, it always says on the app, like, are you wearing a helmet? Nobody wears a helmet on those. It's. Oh, it has dangerous. you like agree to say that you are wearing a I'm helmet? I'm wearing a helmet. It's like, no, you definitely are not wearing a helmet because I've never seen anyone actually wear. Right. I wonder, dangerous, actually. Concerning, at least. At a, at a minimum. All right. With that, a little bit of a closing segment here. Um, so if you were stuck on an island alone, this is hypothetical single version of all of us. Uh, you're, you're stuck on an island. 
alone, and then, oh, not guess not alone, you have a female with you. However, this female is either top half fish, bottom half human, or bottom half fish, top half human. Which which do you pick? I obviously would pick um, bottom half human. Uh, no, no, bottom half fish, top half human. So um, I can then be carried to safety by this murder. You're going to escape. The head of a fish isn't going to do much for you. Legs can't hold on to you, but arms can hold on to you, and the tail can still swim much better than my legs can. So, uh, you went pra- yeah, I, I tend, you went very practical on this. I tend to agree. Just the idea of a top half being a fish, comical at best. <laughs> uh, useless. It's really useless, actually. What is the top, what are you going to do with the top half of a fish? You no, know, it's not. You don't do with anything with the top half of the fish. You do the stuff. The bottom half being human. Yeah, Kyle, you're you're a dirty mother. Yeah, Kyle, this is a, a clean program, I felt like. To be fair, I would also pick top half if <laughs> human because it's like uh I mean, that's just a standard mermaid, right? We're going to have to have a talk with your wife. This is <laughs> this is getting out of control. <laughs> you don't even live by the ocean. When are you going to be on an island? <laughs> so, okay. I guess it was a terrible closing statement. It was supposed it was supposed to be uh, kind of something interesting to chat about, but it it flopped. Maybe next time. Ah, kind of ah. like our entry, thanks to Brent. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm going to say flopped was pretty good, though. If you did that all for that flopping fun, like flopping like a fish, I respect that. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Psh. <laughs> yeah. It, it, wow. Hey, if you guys know any, fi- to. if you guys know any good fish puns, let me know. Uh, 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 oh man, I feel like we had a closing segment, and then Kyle just like bait and switched. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell us, I was fourteen of if I may. Wait, can we dedicate this to teachers? It? You want to they dedicate the, nice. the, the bottom half human and top no, half fish no. to teachers? <laughs> Just it's school starting. I know he's already in trouble with his teachers. wife, and you want to dedicate it to teachers. Who's <laughs> a teacher, Nick? To uh, be fair, you go... screwed up pretty good on the dedicated uh, moms episode. Did I? Yeah, yeah. You swore and everything. Yeah, you on mom episode. Yeah, well, my mom loves me regardless. So, and we talked about skinny dipping. That was a great episode. Not enough views on that episode. I'm kind of. Naked and not afraid. You guys got to check that episode out. Right, I think so it was episode ten. Hold on. Officially, if I may, is this is this dedicated to the teachers? Yeah, I need to dedicate. Yeah, we'll do to it. The teachers. Yeah, it's, right. they're going it's back to school. school. They're going to the ground. Ladies, gentlemen, that was episode fourteen of of if I may, and it was absolutely, most definitely, dedicated to those teachers who who we love and adore, who who work very hard for for the children. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. And if you want to get in contact with us or have any questions please direct message us on Twitter at Zarabust. We'll see you guys next time.